Hi, I'm Miranda Ray Mayo, also known as Mr. Mayo. I play Stella Kid on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Shyhards, welcome to episode 174 of Meet Us at Molly. So it's a it's, it's a hiatus week. It's a rerun, and everybody's kind of realizing it pretty late. Uh, I love that our phones blow up when when things like that happen, and they're just like, "Did you know about this? We didn't know about this. What's going on?" Yeah, and I love how even like you were we were literally just talking about before we recorded that one of our friends was texting you and they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, it's what you got going today." It's like, <laughs> no, it's fine, it's not. But like, I appreciate that you guys know think that it's one Chicago Wednesday. I love it. I love it so much. Um, right at the, right at, right after seven o'clock when the show started, my mother messaged me and she was like, "It's reruns tonight." Like our loved ones get offended when we don't tell them it's a rerun. Well, your loved ones get offended. Mine. I don't even think the boys, the boys usually typically they're like, oh, do you have to do your thing tonight? And then like, nobody's asked me today. So I'm like, I feel kind of upset that like no one asked me that this week. What happened to Noah's binge? He went all over the place. Cause like at one point he started seven, like he, he's seen all of PD season seven. And then he went back and watched see most of season one. I think he may have finished season one. And then he was like, well, I'm going to wait for a few episodes of eight to build up, you know, whatever. And he's watched a few of those when he had his wisdom teeth out, but like, who knows? He'll watch <laughs> when he feels like it. I love that all of you who have our numbers are just like, oh my god, it's Chicago Wednesday. I'm so sorry. I love it. It's so I, fun. I, hilarious. So funny. So if you couldn't tell, it is Wednesday when we're recording this, but uh, <laughs> it's technically a rerun week. It's a hiatus week, whatever you want to call it. But we thought this would be a good time to go all the way back to season two. We know that some of you are relatively new shyhards, and you might have jumped in in the later seasons and not gone back to the beginning, which I understand at this point. Nine seasons in, I get it. That's a big-ass binge. Well, yeah, nine seasons of fire, not including the eight of PD and the six of Ned. I mean, we've talked about this before, but our friend Jackie is going through it, and, like, the fact that she's plowing through all of it and, like, doing pretty darn well. I think she's in season six of fire, and, like, she's, like, keeping up with it. I'm, like, so impressed by her. And I just keep telling her that. I'm, like, I'm so proud of you because I don't know if I could have done it. We are, like, proud parents with Jackie. We've started a text with her. She texts us all of her thoughts. And she is powering through the shows. I'm so impressed. Like a teach- I mean, she's just getting ready to go back to having, like, her kids in school. And, like, the fact that she's, like, still powering through. I'm so proud of her. Yeah, and we're hyping her up because you know she's going to join us when she's caught up. Oh, hell yes. I don't know if she knows that yet, but it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. So, uh, so we thought this would be good to kind of fill in the gaps. And if you were wondering, watching last week's episode, if you're one of the newer shy hearts and you're just like, what are those scans that Casey was looking at? Why are we freaking out about this new head injury? Well, it's because it's pulling on something that happened in season two. And so we are going to cover that episode tonight, that very episode, uh, right after the injury, the initial injury that kind of sets the stage for where we are right now. Well, it's funny because we picked it because of that. And then I started watching the episode and I was like, holy shit. I was like, oh yeah, this is the finish of that. This happens. Like, I was like, there is so much that happens in this episode. I was like, even struggling to outline it. So it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Right off the bat, there's like, there's an iconic line that I was just like, oh, that's this episode. Oh my gosh. There's, like I said, so much. much. It's a lot of fun. It's fun when you watch these old episodes because you're just like, oh man, yeah, that I forgot. I mean, yeah, because this was, what, nine-ish years ago? Eight-ish? Because this would have been, like, January 2014, probably. Something like that. Crazy. So crazy. I know. I know. So, um, okay, in 2014, were you still in college or something crazy? You were somewhere that's going to make me feel really old. In January 2014, I was starting my second semester of college. Oh my god. I had just started like my first big girl job in January of 2014. That's where I was. Yeah. So yes, to answer your question, yes, I was definitely still in college. 
old. I'm just so old. Anyway. Okay. So we have a little bit of news, not a ton, but we do have some. So we have episode descriptions. Uh, we went through episodes 10 last week, uh, but these are for episodes 11. So these are the episodes that are going to air on April 7th. So Chicago Med season six, episode 11. This is called letting go only to come together. Ethan teams up with an unexpected person to treat a famous tennis player who is afraid his career might be over and Goodwin's new protocols cause a stir. Okay. Now I, I have a question, a serious, serious question. Okay. Is the famous tennis player an actual famous tennis player or is it a famous tennis player in this fake reality of Chicago Med? That is such a good question. Because normally I'd say, oh, it's probably a famous tennis player. But with the pandemic and them, you know, not bringing in as many guest stars and things like that, is it an actual famous person or is it a fake famous tennis player? Do you want to guess what I'm Googling right now? What? I want to let you guess. You want to? I don't know. Professional tennis players from Chicago. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Trying to see if anybody might be, like, feasible. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. List of athletes from Chicago. Okay, but that's not going to tell me. Tennis players. Um, Athletes from Chicago. Jabari Parker. That doesn't help me. Derek Rose. Doesn't help me. Dwayne Wade. Also doesn't help me. It's all NBA. (laughs) Hold on. Yeah, you're going to find a bunch of NBA players from Chicago. That doesn't help. The 10 best professional athletes born in Illinois. Let's see what we get here. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, but this is from 2011. So this is a little dated. Okay. But it also doesn't tell me their sports. It just gives me names. Hold on. There's a baseball player, another baseball player, a football okay, player. There's three. There's three that I've found that were born in Chicago. How did you find that? So oh, actually, one's dead. One's dead. So. Oh my God. <laughs> it was an older guy. One's dead. So it's fine. Um, there's two. Laura Granville. And Andrea Yeager. Okay. It's a guy, though. It's a male. Where does it say? Oh, his career. Okay, well, that doesn't help me then. So, yeah, no. Okay, this Google search was a dud. We tried. I'm going to say it's a fake famous tennis player then. This is excellent investigative journalism. (laughs) I'm going to say it's a fake famous tennis player. But we will see. Did you know that roller derby was invented in Chicago? No, I did not know that. Really? I just found that out thanks to Google. Amazing. The things you, see, the things we learn on this podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So now you know some trivia that may come in handy at some point in the future. Who knows? But yeah, back to my point. I still think it's a fake famous tennis player. Hmm. Okay. All right. We tried. We tried. <laughs> we did try. Who does he team up with, though? I don't know. I wonder if, like, he and Archer are going to have, like, a falling out next week, and so the unlikely person is him. I feel like it kind of has to be, because who else would be unexpected? I know. Unless, no, it wouldn't be Dr. Verani. Unless, like, Vicky comes back. Oh, but Dr. Verani could be a good one. Remember, they were flirting. Yeah, that's the only other person I can think of that would be, like, unexpected because she's on the trial. So we don't know what her actual, like, doctor capabilities are. That would be a good one. I don't, yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. Is it wrong if I say that I'd actually be here for a Will, Ethan, and Verani triangle? I just give me Ethan and Verani. I don't need the triangle. I'd actually be here for that. What is wrong with me? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know either. I never know, but whatever. So um, go ahead and take us through fire. Okay. So fire 9-11 is titled A Couple Hundred Degrees. Um, A new recruit with ties to the CFD tests Severide's patients. Violet receives a mysterious note that sends her and Brett on a hunt for the person who wrote it. Ooh. Violet's getting her own storyline aside from Gallo, and I could not be more excited. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so, so excited. PD-811. This is called Signs of Violence. Okay, so a wellness check on a family reveals signs of foul play, and Detective Upton is determined to find the parents and young daughter. 
As Upton delves further into the troubled family dynamics, she finds herself reflecting on her own childhood drama. Get your Upstead feels ready. This sounds so good. And by so good, I mean like an emotional killer. Mm -hmm. But like so good. (laughs) But so good. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, That is going to be, that's going to be the Upstead episode we've been patiently waiting for. Yeah. And especially just that last sentence, like she finds herself reflecting on her own childhood trauma. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's going to be a killer. That, like, Twitter's going to explode. Tumblr is going to explode with gifts. That's going to be one of those nights. It's going to be one of those nights for sure. For sure. For sure. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, you know what's crazy, too, that I'm thinking, now that I'm, like, just looking at it, 611, I mean, like, these are, like, episodes 11, so we're only getting 15, so, like, we're getting closer to the end, which is kind of crazy to think about. I, I don't want to think about it. Like I, I, I don't feel, either, but, like, we are, and it's kind of crazy. It feels like we just got them back. Because we did, theoretically, just get them back. I don't, I mean, like, I count the two that we got in November, but, like, theoretically, those don't really count. Right. Yeah, they, those don't really count. So, yeah, we did just get them back, like, three months ago. Are, is NBC, sh- are they sure they don't want to, like, up the episode order or something? I mean, that that's cool. I don't know about the actors, but we're available. Well, and remember, there was a rumor, too, that we were going to get, like, 23 or 24 this season. Yeah. And now we're going to 15, and I'm like, ah, fuck. Womp womp. Womp womp, but it's okay. We'll see. We will see. 15 is better than none, so I'll take it. Ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? hmm So last up, we have a little bit of Chicago alumni news. Uh, and it kind of combines two of our favorite things. It combines one Chicago and the night shift. I couldn't not throw it in here. It, it had to go in here. No, absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Take it away. Okay. So this is from Deadline, and it says, Owen Mackin to star, John Seda to return, as NBC series also cast Jack Martin and Lily Santiago. This is for the show La Brea? Yeah, La Brea. Mm -hmm. La Brea. It basically says, the Night Shift star Owen Mackin has been tapped as the male lead opposite Natalie Gia in NBC's drama pilot La Brea. Another NBC star, Chicago PD's John Seda, is one of the three actors originally cast in the project a year ago and released in June who have been brought back to reprise their roles, along with Veronica St. Clair and... Chike. Chike and... Akonkwo. Akonkwo. I totally butchered that. But yeah, basically Owen Mackin and John Seda are going to star in a show and... It's like the dream team. It's like our dream come true. <laughs> it's the one Chicago night shift crossover we never got. That we never got, but desperately wanted. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. So um, I don't know what the show's about. I just know that John's about to go to Australia to film it. A sink. I don't know if it's a sinkhole or whatever, but it basically happens and it splits like the family part. So it's like Owen Mackin. And I think he has the daughter and then like the mom and the son and they're like split and then John's going to be, like, a doctor of some sort. I don't know. I I don't know. I still don't really understand, but it's already been picked up to series, so I don't even really care. I will watch the hell out of this next year. I will, too. And full disclosure, I am of the opinion that NBC does not do the Supernatural-type shows very well. Um, I say that having not watched Manifest, though, so I'm fully aware that I need to watch that because I know everybody loves it. Um, and Josh Dallas. I mean, how do you not love Josh Dallas? But... Yeah, uh, I'm still going to watch it because Owen and John. Yeah, I will watch the hell out of this. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, and, and and John just posted on Instagram the other day. He's about to go head to Australia to film that. I'm just like, oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I saw that too. I was just like, damn. I hope he posts a lot of pictures on Instagram so we can vicariously live through him. He won't, though. He's not, like, that big on social media, so... He's more, he's better about it than I thought he was going to be and has been at least a little bit more active recently, but. You know who's been really active on socials is Patty. These past couple days, he's had like two or three Insta posts. I'm like, whoa. I know. It's like, who are you? Yeah. Who are you? What did you do with Patty? (laughs) I know. Um, Jesse even posted on Insta. Now, granted, it was, it was the, the, the one -er, the video of the one -er from, the last episode but i mean anytime you get jesse to surface on any form of social media it's, it's kind of a miracle i know it really is yeah and not post about politics but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah. Hey, it's his socials. He posts about whatever he wants and we support that. Agree. But also, sometimes it is nice to see him post about PD. Yeah. That's yeah. we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. But if you guys have any other news, please send it to us. Let us know. Um, there was a TV line article with Jesse talking about how more upstead is on the way, but I, that's literally the point of the article is that more upstead is on the way. Yes. Which yeah. I, I'm glad. Yeah. It's been a long time. Now there, there was also the quick article with Dave Eigenberg today about the sex in the oh, city. Oh yeah. Reboot. I didn't get to put it in, but yeah, Dave Eigenberg, he's like, not signed on for the Sex and City reboot, but is basically considering it. And I'm cool with that as long as it doesn't take him away from Chicago. Yeah, I mean, he he basically said he was like, you know, oh, we had like such a great time doing the show. I would consider coming back, but also I'm totally settled here in Chicago. So hopefully Patty has the same feeling about the 4400 reboot. Yeah. But you the can four- go guest star. I don't go guest star. I will gladly watch it when you yeah. guest star. But I don't want you leaving PD. No. But also the 4400 reboot is going to shoot in Chicago. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Go guest star. I don't care. Take a day off. Go guest star. I don't care. But come right back. Yeah, but come right back. You have a curfew. (laughs) Basically. Basically. So, yeah, if you guys see any news, always feel free to send it to us. You guys are so good about that. And we do appreciate it. Um, You guys are awesome about that. Yeah, it's great. So, uh, especially just we've been busy lately so it really helps when we have other eyes on the internet mm-hmm. it really helps so um no patron shout outs this week but all good um again if you would like to support the pod for as little as two dollars a month go ahead and head to our socials you can see all the different tiers we have and the different options that there are um we've got bonus episodes we've got access to the facebook group we've got a discount code on the merch lots of good stuff and the facebook group is a lot of fun i know we say that every week but it's really a lot of fun it is a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. So it's kind of like being amongst your people, right? Like mm-hmm. all your people who fl- speak fluent in Chicago. Yeah. So, yeah. So without further ado, I think it is time to move into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. So again, this is Chicago Fire season two, episode 11. What was the title of this again? Uh, I don't know. I have to. Yeah. We forgot to include that, but 211. Okay, so this is the episode after the two, the season two mid-season finale, okay? So the season two mid-season finale, I want to back up to that really fast because that is where Casey suffers the injury. And it's also full of a lot of good angsty scenes at the end. It's called Shoved in My Face. Bingo. What Brian has said. So, so I want to back it up a little bit to the end of 210. Uh, and just kind of start where, where the injury started, really. Because, again, it, it's full of a lot of good angst, and, and and it's pretty good. So, okay, so there's this fire. It's an apartment fire. It's nighttime. You know, it's your typical, like, burning building everywhere, chaos, blah, 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 whatever. Okay, so Casey and Herman are about to leave because B- Bowden's like, dude, smoke is turning black. Like, GTFO, let's go. And they're about to leave when they see a woman kind of like elbowing her way out of a room and she's just screaming. She's like, my baby, my baby, my baby. And so Herman and Casey are like, dude, go, I'll stay. Like they kind of have that moment of just like, no, you go, I'll stay like that. So Casey sends Herman out. Casey goes to get the baby. That happens. Awesome. And as he's coming out, a wood beam, like a gigantic wood beam, gigantic, falls on Casey's head I mean that's literally it yeah I know yeah but I can't still just yeah just giant wooden beam just plunk right on Casey's head so Casey falls outside everybody's like fuck mayday like and Bowden even runs in with them like that's how you know somebody screwed is if even Bowden runs in like yeah uh, you, you know how on PD, like, you can always gauge how bad a suspect is by, like, who interviews him. And if it's Voight, you're like, ooh, you done fucked up. Yeah. It, yeah. This is the fire version of that. Like, oh, shit, Bowden ran in, too? Ooh. Well, this is really, like, the first big one Chicago injury. Yeah, actually. Because K- Severide is dealing with his in season one, but we mm-hmm. don't see it. He's already had the injury, and we kind of see, like, the aftermath of it. Yeah. So this is really like the first big, like, oh shit, is someone fucked up, you know? Yeah, like s- someone's really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so Bowden runs in and they all rally as teams. They're like, get this thing off of him, like pull up the beam, you know, do your thing. And so they pull it up. Of course, Matt can't move because like, hi, giant wood beam. Uh, But they get Matt out and Matt just like finds the will to like get out the door with the baby. He just kind of like, I mean, he's he's injured. He's definitely injured. He should not be moving. But he's like, no, I'm getting the fuck out this door. Gets out the door, hands the baby to Dawson and just collapses. And so, um, and and there's just little things in this moment that just were like, oh, my Chicago fire feels. Um, like, as they're getting him, like, Severide's kind of coordinating. And Severide's like, you know, stay with us, buddy. Hang in there, buddy. And I'm just like, Chicago fire feelings. Um, so then they get him in the ambo. And this is that moment where, so you see the scene every now and then. And if you haven't seen it, you need to go watch it because it's like angst angst like a lot of angst <laughs> okay so they're in the ambo dawson's treating him I, i'm guessing shay's driving right probably so dawson's yeah. treating him severide is in the back and matt's like seizing i mean he's got a bad injury it's fucking wood beam um matt's seizing so kelly's like holding him down and gabby can barely keep it together and you just hear gabby go come on matt not like this so that's why anytime you hear anytime any of us says like not like this or we hear those words together we're just like oh yeah yeah so that's that moment so then they get to lake shore don't know maybe i don't know uh but while this is happening clark has casually been accused of murder yeah like are you even a one Chicago character if you haven't been accused of murder? Well, and he was, I think, the first, right? I gotta think. Hold on. This was season two. Right. And this would have been pre-Jay being accused of Lonnie's murder. He might have been the first. I think he's the first. Might have been. I'm like, I'm trying to think, but yeah. it would have no. been the same season as Jay, but Jay would have been like, Jay's like episode 10 or something like that. And it wouldn't have lined up. This would have still happened first. Yeah. So depending on air dates, Clark might've been the first. I so. think Clark is the first. And it's always, it's always very casual when somebody's accused of murder, which like it shouldn't be. That's a big deal. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So Antonio comes in, they're all waiting and it's all like super pensive and everything. And Antonio comes in and this, like, there are certain times that moments between like Gabby and Antonio just kind of bug me. Cause like, okay, they're brother and sister, right? And apparently there's only two Dawson siblings. I always thought there were more in my head, but apparently you it's just- You always thought there were more? I really did though. I, uh, for some reason, I always imagined them coming from like a huge family, right? And back when Derek was on Twitter, those were great days. Um, and he used to do like the, the, the Q and A's like twice a day. I even asked him once. I even asked, I was like, are there other Dawson siblings? Cause I just always imagined there being a huge family. And Derek was like, no, just them. I mean, I always thought there was a potential third hall set out there. So yeah, I mean. I mean, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. So, anyway. I, I I I always imagined them coming from like a family of five. I don't know why. I just did. Like, that's so specific. I know it is. <laughs> but yeah, so I always imagined there were others, but there weren't. It was just that. And Antonio's like a full decade older than Gabby, right? So. I just always, like, kind of fantasized it in my head of, like, Antonio being just the ideal big brother, like, you know, protective all the time and everything. And so when Antonio comes into the hospital in this scene, I expect him to just, like, you know, hold Gabby for him and be like, oh, my God, it's okay. Don't worry. Like, I'm here. It's okay. It's literally, like, a two-second hug. And then he's like, hey, Clark, let's talk murder. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, cool, Antonio. Cool, cool. Yeah, like, oh, um, I'm glad you're okay, Gabby. Moving on. No, your little sister needs you. I don't know. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, rewatching this episode while I'm binging the Umbrella Academy, not helpful. Not helpful. Because I'm all up in my sibling feels. Oh, yeah. No. No, 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 no. You've created a monster, Brenna. I told you it was good. Um, I always keep a list of my top ships of every year, and I definitely wrote Allison and Luther on there with a question mark today. I'm so proud of you. But it feels so wrong. It feels so wrong, but it also feels so good. They're siblings. But they're not technically, though. But they are technically, though. No, they're not. I know. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. I know. 
but then the phone booth scene and then like when she was unconscious and and he's talking to her and the dancing and just (sighs) Mm -hmm. somebody please go watch the umbrella academy so i can talk about this with other people and not bug Bryna all the time. I blow up your text. I try not to. What? I'm trying I know, to be but the problem you do it is like, it'll be like 1 a.m. my time and I've been sick for the last few days. So I'm like dead asleep. And then I feel bad because I can't text you until like seven in the morning. What gets me is if, if it's like a quarter to 10 my time or something and I'm like texting you with feels and then you don't resp- respond. I'm like, she already went to bed. <laughs> yeah. It, recently it's been early, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so so basically that's where we leave off in in two ten is is Gabby goes and she can like see into the OR, which like what? And Matt's being prepped for surgery and then she's just kind of like crying and that's two ten. That's where it ends. So that's the mid season finale of season two. So jump forward like maybe four or six weeks and we pick back up with two eleven. And when Chicago does something here that they do a lot, that they're just like, oh, this character suffered an injury. We're just gonna gloss right over that. They do that a lot. They couldn't have done that with Jay. We had to have all that angst in 710. <laughs> Different showrunners. True story. Touche. Yeah. Touche. But yeah, they do do that a lot. Now that you, now that you say that, they do the, they, the, it happens quite often. Um, Dr. Charles, when he got shot? Um, I mean, yeah, a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we start off and Casey wakes up and he's got like blurry vision. Cause you know, he's, he's been on the mend and Gabby is rearranging his drawers. Totally forgot that this was about when Gabby was starting the Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Completely forgot. So the doctor's given him a clean bill of health. He's good to go. And I do think it's cute, this little moment here where, you know, Dawson's like, yeah, I went for a run. I showered. And in Casey's like, so nervous energy? Because, like, you're reorganizing my shirts. <laughs> Just cute. Cute. Yeah. So at the station, he goes to put his bag in the locker. He can't remember his locker combination. And he has blurry vision again. So just kind of, like, residual side effects that are going on. Because, again, giant wood beam. Giant wood beam. So Severide's just like, hey, are you good? Casey's like, yeah, I've never been better. Which, like, Casey's a lying liar who lies. But also, for the most part, he's better in this episode. For the most part, but, like, yeah. Is it the next one when he has that super weird moment at the restaurant? I think so. That that scene makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. So uncomfortable. I think it's the next one or the one after that. I don't remember which episode specifically, but yeah, it's one of those two. Yeah. So, so after show, so the, the recurring theme with this episode is that Casey can't remember the combination to the lock, which like I and even, he has blurry vision and he has blurry vision. Yeah. And so those are like the two little things there. And so at the end, he just kind of gets really frustrated and he breaks the lock because he's just like, well, fuck that noise. Uh and so later on, after shift, Casey asked Dawson to move in with him. This is so cute. It's so cute. I forgot this was all a thing. Like, I, I mean, Jesus, there's just so much that's happened. Well, yeah, and the, the iconic line, the one I'm thinking of, is right after when he gets out of bed in the beginning scene, and he's like, I want the whole world to know you're my girl. I was like, yeah. that was this episode. Yeah. So sweet. Well, I forgot that Casey was in his house. Like, to me, I think of, like, Casey's place, and I'm like, oh, yeah, the pad, that, I mean, the apartment that he shared with Dawson. Yeah. Down. Yeah. But no, he had the house that he was working on when Hallie was, and I was like, oh, shit, like, he did live in a house. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah, so so Casey's like, move in with me. And Gabby's like, well, no, I, I worry this place has too many memories for you. And he just says, then let's find a place together. And she's like, you would do that? And he just goes, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, baby Dossie. Right. But then even then, she, like, notices the scar behind his ear. And she, like, kisses it. And she's like, you tell me if something was wrong, right? And he's like, of course. And I'm just like. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Because that's the whole problem with this. That's why things get bad in a few episodes. Yep. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. So. And then at the end of the episode, while they're on this call. That call was crazy, by the way. That last call. I forgot how crazy that call was. The the early seasons, the calls were just, you know, not like 911 level, but they were, you know, they were next level. They were, yeah, they were, they were a special breed. 
They were definitely a special breed. So it's like, it's a call it some sort of like diamond exchange or something. And they get there and the woman's like, false alarm. Hee hee, we're fine. They walk in on a robbery is basically what's happening. And a fire because the fire's in the wall. Yep. 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 And so Casey finds a way to like apprehend one of the thieves and he basically starts punching him and then just like keeps punching him. Just keeps going and his vision gets blurry again and mouch just kind of has to ground him and be like hey 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 hi it's me it's okay yeah he even tried like when mouch is trying to pull him off casey like tries to punch mouch mouch is like whoa what the fuck like yeah. it's me yeah so the, the, i mean again these are the beginnings of casey and 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 his head injury and everything and, and remember i mean he i guess it happens in a later episode where the doctor is like you might not be so lucky the second time But, like, if you see something, say something. It doesn't just apply to, like, things you see on the news. It applies to this, too. Yeah. When even at one point, too, I remember, I don't remember which specific episode, but Severide gets on him for, like, not telling Dawson. Yeah. This is, like, part of the start of, like, the Dossie communication issues that linger throughout is that, like, Severide's like, you should tell Dawson. He's like, I will when there's something to tell. And he doesn't tell her. And then they get mad. And they have, like, a fight about it. And it's just like... Casey, what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> the same thing he's always done. <laughs> Again, we don't communicate our needs in one Chicago. That's not something we do. No, no, nope. shut up. No, no, we 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 fight fires until we drop. That's so sad. It is. It but is yes, accurate. Yeah, yeah. So. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, what else is there about Casey? There's a lot. I feel like we're just, like, barely skimming the surface. Like I said, this episode was so hard to outline because there's literally, there's, like, I think there's, like, the four kind of, like, big storylines, but then there's, like, some Herman and Otis stuff, and then there's, like, Katie, and, like, there's just, like, so much that happens. I was like, huh? Exactly. Exactly. So um, next up, we've got the, the Arson Twins. Oh, we haven't talked Dawson and Severide in so long. I know. I love seeing him as her uh, teacher. I think it's so fun. I love yes. that storyline. So good. I, I just Dawson and Severide are such an underrated bro TP, in my opinion. They, I mean, yeah, they had some moments, too, when it obviously isn't as great, but like, when they're good, they're good. Like, so I think good. for me, the height of that is, like, the Bria stuff. Yeah, that was good. Because that was, like, a Dawson and Severide thing. I, like, that, I really enjoyed that stuff. The one that always sticks with me, like, the Dawson and Severide moment is when they get stuck in that fire together. And I think Casey's off at the strip club doing, like, construction or something. But um, when they get stuck in that fire and then, they, like, they cut off the hose and everything and then, like... Gabby looks at him and like they're on the floor and like Gabby looks at him. It's just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And Severide like grabs her and pulls her close. Like as if, you know, if we're going out, we're going out together. That's like one of my favorite Dawson and Severide moments. Yeah. Well, I mean, and obviously all the stuff of them like bonding post Shay. Yeah. Um, that stuff's obviously great, but yeah. If we're picking a non Shay related Dawson and Severide moment, I'm picking Bria. That's good. Yeah. That is really good. So take us through take us through the Arson Twins. Okay. So this whole thing starts. And like we said earlier, um, Dawson's nervous about her first day at the Academy. And Casey's reassuring her, like, you know, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Um, but Dawson says that she's like, well, I think before I go, I need to stop by the firehouse first, though, because we need to tell everyone we're dating. Because otherwise, it's going to come out quick and it's better for them to hear it from us. Wait, dating or engaged? Dating. Because remember, 208 is when they start, they kiss for the first time. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I, I keep thinking when they get engaged at the, at the beginning of, like, season three, I always think it's uh, beginning of season two, but it's not. No, it's the, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, she, and this is where he says, he's like, you know, I want the whole world to know that you're my girl. And she's like, but I want to be the one that tells Mills. And Mills, when she tells Mills, he takes it, you know, well, he's like, I just want you to be happy. Like, that's all I've ever wanted. He really does take it very well. That's like, it's such a mature response. Yeah. Mills was definitely way more mature than his years. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So Dawson goes to the Academy. Like it's first day. She gets all signed in and everything. 
And she even goes like out of her way when she gets there to introduce herself to the only other girl in her class who is none other than Rebecca Jones. I totally forgot this was her first episode. It was her first episode. We covered her, well, I don't remember if it was her last episode or the episode after we learned that it was a suicide. We covered one of those episodes, but I don't remember which one. We did cover one of them because for some reason talking about that restaurant scene that makes me really uncomfortable, I remember talking about it here. Yeah, I have to go back and look at that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. And, like, immediately Dawson gets, like, competition vibes from her. Like, Rebecca Jones is all about, like, succeeding and getting to the top. Um, but I, one of the moments, I, it's, like, such a minor, minor, minor moment. But I love that when Dawson hears, like, welcome to the Chicago Fire Academy, she gets this, like, little smirk on her face. Like, oh, hell yeah, I belong here. And it's just, I, I love that moment. It's so tiny because it's like such a little smirk, but I love it so much. Yeah, I love when she's about to go up the stairs and like they, they make the point to pan up at the sign that's like, it says like the best damn firefighters in the country. Yeah, yeah, I love it. It's so cool. Um, but yeah, so like we mentioned earlier, Severide is teaching his first class at the academy. He gets roped into it. And Dawson is one of his students. It's a like a aerial rescue yeah, class or some, something some kind of rescue class whatever and it's so fun to like hear him joke with her about him or calling him like instructor severide and it's just it's so cute it is good but anyway so they're in the class and they're doing some kind of aerial drill and one of their fellow candidates like freaks out and i love Severide, like Severide handles it as amazing as expected. Like I had no doubt. I mean, Severide's an amazing teacher. We've seen it from when he's mentored other people, but like he, it just handles it so well. He even says, he's like, what we're doing here is training you to do the thing that scares you. It's against human nature, but it saves lives. He's he's such a good leader. And we always say that, but it's, it's, it's true. And he just pulled that right out of his ass too. Like, it's just, he's just so good at this. I wonder, like, I'm curious if, like, among the other squad leaders in Chicago, if he's, like, the best one. Like, if they were to have some sort of... probably up there. He's got to be up there, yeah. If they were to have some sort of, like, friendly competition amongst all the squad leaders in Chicago, like, would he just, like, pass with flying colors? Yes. He's also one of those people that I imagine, even when he can't firefight anymore, like, physically, Mm -hmm. he's still going to be teaching classes. Oh, God, yeah. Like, he would still be teaching classes 100% just to keep himself around there. And, I mean, and again, we say this all the time, but it's true. I mean, we could just wax poetic about Severide, like, every episode if you wanted us to. But I I just, I don't know if it's how Severide is written or if it's really just what Taylor brings to the role. But, like, firefighting is in Kelly. It is part of Kelly's DNA. It's nothing that, like, he didn't get anywhere based on who his dad is. He just... It's he just is part a of firefighter. Yeah, it's his DNA. It's just who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like sometimes there are moments for sure where it comes through more than others. And this, I like this whole episode, it just kind of felt like that too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, anyway, so Severide brings his candidates to the firehouse, which is another scene that I forgot happened in this episode, but I love it. Um, and of course, like they all get out of the van and Dawson gets like the biggest cheer of them all. And it's just, it's so cute. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so they get called to a scene while the candidates are there, and Rebecca asks to ride in squad. So Severide's like, uh, yeah. Why does Kelly say yes? I don't know. Like, that's so awkward. It's so weird. But anyway, he does. And so, like, they're on their way there, and she, they're, like, chatting a little bit, and she tells him that she doesn't feel safe with that candidate that fell on the aerial thing the other day. And she's like, he's a nice guy and he means well, but I'm more than ready to put my life on the line for this job. But it's kind of tough when you're second guessing a guy who's supposed to have your back. And I know other people in the group feel the same. And Kelly's just like, so you're speaking for the group? And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm speaking for myself. Uh, yeah, that, that so, whole exchange is awkward. Yeah. And then so after the call, after, you know, what happens or whatever, he like pulls her aside and he's like, well, well, I've been thinking about what you said and, you know, other firefighters do have to have each other's back. So, like, I'm kicking you out. Like, you're done. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> Kelly said yeet. Yeah. But, like, he gets an earful from the chief, Chief Tyberg later because apparently Rebecca's dad is the deputy district chief, so she gets to say. And Severa's just like, I don't care whose kid she is. And Tyberg's like, I do. Make it work. <laughs> 
Yeah, awkward. And yeah, that's the Dawson and Severide stuff. Okay, I know I've asked you this question before, but let's be real. I can't really keep track of all the women Kelly has slept with in Chicago Fire history. Did he ever sleep with Jones? No. Yeah, I I think you're right. No, he doesn't. He slept with a lot of them, but not her. Not her. No. Not her. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Kelly. Little baby Kelly. Yeah, I love this storyline, though. I love, I would love to see Instructor Severide again. I feel like we, didn't we just hear recently that Kelly's teaching at the Academy again? Probably, but I want to see it again. I know. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I know. All the Severide all the time. Yeah, and I'd love to see, even though it's not really the point of the program, but I would love to see him with uh, Stella's Girls on Fire girls. <gasps> yes! I would pay good I mean, money for that. Because obviously he already has a bond with Kylie, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. That would. Love it. Love it. Oh, Kelly. Um, and I love the little moments here. Like when, when the van gets, when the van pulls up at 51 and like they disperse and Gabby's like, hey, Kelly. And she just, and he just looks at her and is like, who? Who? <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. Instructor Severide. Ugh, funny. So, oh, uh, Kelly. So, We've also got Clark. Remember Clark? TBT to the Clark at 51 days. Not even the Clark at med days. The Clark at 51 days. This is the first go around with Clark. Yeah. The first. So if you if you forgot, at the end of 210, Clark is casually accused of murder. Casually. Casual. Casual. Antonio's Casual. just like, hey, little sister. Hey, is Casey okay? What? He got hit by a giant wooden beam and is having brain surgery? Cool. Hey, Clark, let's talk murder. So... <laughs> Clark has to wear an ankle monitor until his trial for murder. (laughs) Say that again. Say that again. His trial for murder. Jesus. Yeah. Because that happened. I feel like that's not something you just throw around lightly. Like, oh, hi, my name is Gina. I'm currently being tried for murder. Anyway, want to go get something to eat? Like, but I feel like, I mean, granted, it's not one of their main characters, but, like, this was season two. Like, we hadn't even had a spinoff, like, you know, really, because PD was just airing. I mean, that's kind of, like, a risky move, I feel like. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it was fine, but, yeah. Yeah. So, that happens. And Clark is suspended from 51 until he's cleared. Like, obviously, right? Yeah. But uh, at, in the briefing that morning, in Bowden's briefing, um, who says that first line of it, it, that's crazy if he did it? Like, Herman's like, that's crazy if he did it. And Otis is like, if the round came from his gun. And Kelly's like, the bullets came from a type of gun that Clark owns. Get your back straight. And I just like, I stand a supportive friend, Kelly. Yes. And Kelly has every right to get pissed in that moment. Like, really, bro? Like, really, Otis? Okay. You're really going to say that? If the rat came from his gun. No, the bullets came from a type of gun that Clark owns. Get your back straight. Oh, man. And yes, supportive friend Mills. We stand that, too. Yeah, because Mills is like, no, I've talked to him. You know, he doesn't really want to come around. He's trying to be respectful, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Stand supportive friend Kelly. Stand supportive friend Mills. Just, yes. But Bowden says, Bowden's like, if he comes by for any reason... He is innocent until proven guilty, which I feel like now in season nine, that wouldn't even be a question. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's wild to me watching now that Otis is like, yeah, well, if like the rounds came from his gun, he probably did it is what he's implying. That's crazy to me. Yeah. Oh my mm-hmm. God. Yeah. <laughs> so Jay and Antonio, they call Mills over to the district because again, we are in the early, early days. Like Jay, did Jay even get shot yet? Like, did Jay even break up with yes. Gabby? Yeah. Yes, oh, yeah. Yes, he, he of did. course he broke up with Gabby yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's already so, happened. Intelligence is like a fetus. Like, it's not even real yet. That's what I'm saying. By the time this episode aired, like, PD, I think, was just literally, if not, I'm going to look this up. Jules might have even still been alive. I think Jules technically was alive. I'm about to look up these things. The air dates, yeah. So they call Mills over to the district, and they're like, listen, like, you need to get through to Clark. Like, you just need to. And so Jay explains, Jay's like, listen, he's in full jarhead mode, which like very quick recognition of the fact that they were both in the military. But 
he says he's like the longer he keeps his mouth shut the better he looks for this murder and so Antonio is like, hey, we got hold of Hayes' phone. Like, we need to show you these texts, which doesn't seem quite ethical to be showing Mills the text before they show it to Clark. Okay, so here's how this goes. So 2-11 was January 7th, 2014. 101 of PD was January 8th, 2014. Oh my so goodness. Two- <laughs> it was Jules- the last day of Jules' life. Yeah, Jules was literally alive by one day. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. So that is the overlap. So yes, Clark would technically also be the first one to be, be accused of murder. Accused of murder. <laughs> oh man, do we need to start like a murder accusation timeline? Yeah. We've got to keep a running tally of all the characters accused of Clark, murder. Clark, Jay, Kevin. Severide. There was somebody a med. Weren't we talking about med? April. Too? Yes, April. Not Will. Um, no. But yeah. We're getting there. We got getting there. Burgess and the Justice Up. Oh, he didn't die though. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is a bad game. I don't like this game. <laughs> I don't like this game anymore. No, but we're still going to play it. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so it doesn't seem quite right to me that they showed Mills the text before they showed him to Clark. No. But no. like, but I, I understand the point. They're trying to, you know, get Mark, get Mills to convince Clark of, you know, to come clean. But still, yeah. So we cut to the next scene, and Mills is talking to Clark, and like Clark does not want to hear this because like he doesn't want to admit that it's true, you know. Uh, and Mills is like, she was cheating on you. She was cheating on you, and he's just like, no, like you said what you have to say. Like get the fuck out. That's not what's going on. I don't want to hear this. Uh, but he confronts his wife when she comes home later that evening and she denies that, you know, she's jealous or anything, but he, he doesn't believe her at all. So, um, Clark goes to Jay and gives him the receipt from the diner he was eating at when Hayes, Hayes was killed, which I always laugh a little bit when the PD kids come to fire or vice versa, because even if it's on the PD set or if it's on the med set or something, it just so happens that like, that one particular character is the only person there at that very moment. Of course. Like if they come to the med set, somehow the ED is completely cleared out. It's a ghost town. And the only person still there is like Maggie. Because of course. Makes me laugh a little bit. So yeah. TV magic. Yeah. TV magic. So, so the 21st is completely cleared out except for Jay. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Clark explains, he's like, I had to try and protect Lisa. I'd have never made it home from Iraq if I didn't have her to come home to. And I'm glad that he said this to Jay because, like, Jay's the one who's going to understand. Yeah, and Jay even says something along those lines. And it's yeah. just like, oh. Yeah, he's like, I get it. The backstory, I get it. Oh, it's like, oh, the backstory we'll never truly get. Ain't that the truth? Yep, yep. So Clark shows up to Molly's and Mills is just like, dude, like, what's going on? And he's just like, I need to be with family. Which, like, that is what this whole universe is. Is like, it's all family. Like, that's... When you need to be with family, you turn on one Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I mean, I don't love that Clark was accused of murder, but... <laughs> yeah. Love Not the, the right choice. Aspect. Yeah. Love the family aspect. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What else? There was something... Oh, oh, the actress who plays Lisa, she looks really familiar, and I've been meaning to look her up, and I didn't get to. So get us started on the next part, and I'm going to look that up. Okay, so we have Shay and Rafferty, because Rafferty is introduced in this episode, too. That's what I'm saying. So much happens in this episode. So Rafferty is introduced. She's the new PIC, because, you know, Dawson left. And she's, like, in the middle of uh, introducing herself in the uh, early morning meeting. And, of course, the bells go off. Wait, wait, you got to see this. You got to see this. Okay, so I just Googled Chicago Fire Clark's wife, and look what comes up. Can you see that? No. (laughs) <laughs> so when you google I, I googled chicago fire clark's wife and it just came up with one of those answers that you know google does sometimes and all it said was natalie manning <laughs> that's not quite right no 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 they dated but that is not right um anyway so she's like trying to introduce herself to rafferty but rafferty kind of gives her a cold shoulder and she's like i've heard a lot about you and she's like okay what the fuck does that mean so shay is trying to bond with rafferty after they had like a crazy call where the girl gets filled with cement by a fake doctor what? Uh, <laughs> like i know 
that whole call is so gross too. Yeah, it's yeah. But anyway, and Rafferty could like care less about bonding with Shay, but yet she's cool to bond with everyone else at 51. So Shay's like, well, what the fuck is going on? And she's like, why am I getting this ice queen attitude? And Rafferty basically tells her that it's because she's gay. And Rafferty's like, I respect your lifestyle choice, but I don't want it shoved in my face. Lot to unpack there. I still can't, I can't get over the call. I'm sorry. I can't get over it. That people do that. That's a thing that happens. I know. But with cement, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Oh my god! There's even that line when Rafferty is like, "People, doctors don't usually get their supplies at Home Depot." <laughs> People do that. I know it's wild. Um, but the thing that I think is interesting to think about too is like, I don't think this specific storyline about Rafferty not caring for Shay's sexuality would fly today. Oh hell no! Yeah, it wouldn't. Um, I mean, it's a little disappointing it even flew in 2014. Right. And I don't think it really flew because obviously by the end, you know, Rafferty kind of comes around. But, like, still, like, it shouldn't have even been a storyline in 2014. And I don't think it would even be a storyline now. I think everyone would just be cool with it. Clark's wife was in WandaVision. She was? She was in one of the commercials. I think she was in the Depression commercial. Whoa. What's her name? uh victoria blade yeah did not know that but interesting doom patrol and let's see what else she's been neighbors she's been a couple things but yeah she was she was in one of the commercials i actually i think she's on tiktok actually i feel like i came across one of those videos the other day so one division one (sighs) division anyway welcome to meet us at marvel just kidding that'll happen one day oh hell yes it will anyway (laughs) go on anyway so yeah but anyway so like i said rafferty basically is not cool with shay because she's lgbtq so while this is going on the lawyer is now started looking for shay read daryl's suicide because remember that was the thing that happened in season two too i know so much to unpack anyway but Shay's like, I don't want anything to do with that. I I just want to put it all behind me. Like, I don't want it. And Bowden just tells her, he's like, you know, what happened to Daryl's a tragedy, but like it was his, not yours. And like, whatever you need, we've got your back, of course. And I love yeah. that moment because like I, I Bowden can tell that it, it's 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 sensitive for her. And he she, he he can tell that like she just needs a pep talk in that moment. And she yeah. just needs a reminder. And it's weighing on her. I mean, and like it like he said, it's his tragedy, it's not hers. Like it, right, you know, but also, but seeing somebody you know die by suicide right in front of your eyes is traumatic, and I, right. I feel like they never they addressed it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think they ever fully they explored. could have unpacked it more. Yeah, yeah. But this was also back in the day. Like now, it's kind of gotten to like down to a science where there's like three, maybe four storylines per episode. Like I feel like there's less storylines and more time to flesh out those storylines. Where clearly by this episode, there's like ten things happening. Yeah. And it it was like a lot back then. And I feel like every episode back then was kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like they just didn't, yeah, they didn't really get a ton of time to flush that out. Uh, But anyway, so they go back to the firehouse after a call and Shay like sees the lawyer waiting for her. And she's like, oh shit, nope, gotta, gotta GTFO. And she like starts asking Rafferty for help, but stops herself because she's like, because that would require you doing a lesbian a favor. And that's like one step from French kissing, <laughs> which I just love that line. Um, but Rafferty does actually end up helping her out though. And like tells the lawyer that Shay went home early and the lawyer, she's just like, and lawyer's like, okay, I guess give her my card. Like I'm looking for her. Um, yeah. So it ends, I guess on a nice note, but it is like a storyline that I would not think, I don't think would fly now. Oh no, absolutely not. Um, I feel like Rafferty in general just sits weird with me, like, because of this. Yeah. I, Rafferty was never my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I prefer her, if I had to pick someone to come fill in, like an OG, like an old, you know, kind of filler PIC or, you know, paramedic, I'd probably pick Rafferty over others. Shout? Shout. I mean, it'd be Chowder Rafferty. Yeah. Because they're the ones I can only stand. <laughs> like none of the other ones, I'm like, and eh, no, yeah, um, but yeah, so yeah, that's the Shay and um, Rafferty stuff. 
So a couple of other just little random notes. Um, These are just kind of things that are kind of sprinkled in throughout that'll be addressed in further episodes. But um, this is the beginning of the Otis and Katie flirtation. Uh, I know. It's so good. It's so good. So Otis notices that she has settlers of Catan or yeah, settlers of Catan in her backpack when she drops off cookies for Kelly. That's adorable in and of itself. Like, I mean, like who knew talking about like grain and ore could be like, so sexy i mean like it's so cute it's so so cute and then when they're playing later on and like the flirtation is so awkward but also hot at the same time because she's like so are you gonna kiss me now and he's like do you want me to and she's like only if you want to (laughs) it's so cute i mean i loved otis and lily of course but Mm -hmm. like otis and katie just so good so good so good and i love how they like revisit that like one fic i wrote that one time hell yes please every time i see them i mean it's finished i think i have to go back and watch or look at it use this as your reminder to send us all of your fanfic please all of it especially if you have otis and katie fanfic we will read the hell out of that natalie and crockett we will read the hell out of i actually went looking for some recently because i was just curious if it existed and there was only like four so yeah if you definitely find some like natalie and crockett fanfic hit me up just send all of the fanfic please yeah for sure and side note but if you are a marvel fan and you know if marvel fanfics please send those my way as well (laughs) i i have so many questions for you but i'm not gonna do it on the podcast Oh, please do please do make it entertaining please do i just wanted to know like what do you read like are you reading like romantic? Is it like not romantic? Like I just have so many questions. No, not romantic. I, we had this conversation last week. I think Brenda just blocks it from memory every time because she's just like Gina's so fucking weird. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I read the Iron Dad ones where no, Tony. No, you read that, but so you don't read anything else but that. Pretty much, pretty much that, and I've been like dabbling into Bucky angst because Bucky. Because Bucky. Because Bucky. Um, okay. So none of the like. Cat, Nat, Nat, Bruce, like, none of yeah. those, like, romance ones, or the, the crack ship ones, and... Um, I haven't found any good crack ship ones, but it's pretty... So you've never read any of, like, the Cap Iron Man, or, like, the Cap Bucky ones, or anything like those? No, the the Cap Bucky ones, I like them if they're angsty, if they're pulling on, like, their past trauma and stuff like that, I love that. Right, but none of the, like, romance ones. No, no. Okay. Oh, she's uh, curious. I'm just not, curious. Yeah, that's not that's not, not quite my cup of tea um, in the Marvel Universe. I, I, I'm all about the angst. You really are, though. I know. <laughs> anyway. 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 So, yeah, so. Yeah, Otis and Katie are great. Basically, that's, and this scene is amazing. These scenes are great. amazing. Also, that moment when Kelly's like, I'm going to Molly's, and then he just, like, stares at Otis and is like, drive safe. Yeah. And that's all awkward, too, because Otis is like, oh, you're going to the thing? I can give, let me give you a ride. It's just so awkward. Yeah. Just. But I but, love it, though. Yeah. It's awkward flirting, but it's adorable and awkward flirting. Yeah. Oh. oh. Yeah. Katie can come back now. She really could, though. I now. really wonder how, like, Katie and Lily are doing. I mean, just especially after after Otis's death, like how are they doing? Like, I don't know. Katie hasn't been on the show since Otis died. I know she hasn't. Oh, now, shit. Now I have another idea. I'm gonna have to go write fanfic again. I mean, and I know Kate, Katie's or yeah, she's moved on and she's happy and everything. But I mean, is there a part of her that thinks of him? And like how just not even in I'm a romantic sense. Write fan fiction now. I don't like writing fan fiction. <laughs> I just I wonder, and it's not in a romantic sense. I just wonder if like is he on her mind and the fact that like his life was cut so short. Like does she you know? Oh, Gina, you just sparked an idea, and I hate you for it. <laughs> I love you three thousand. I hate you for it. <laughs> Damn it. So that um sweet little baby mills is moving to squad he got his promotion but even that that was like thrown right in at the end and i was like again so much happened in this fucking episode it really did i know i know and casey really pushed for it which i just adorable and i love that moment at molly's when peter's like i won't let you down lieutenant and severide's like i know you won't i know so good we need another Mills appearance too, and I just 
that boy needs to come back immediately. It does. It's been way too long. Um, way too it, long. We haven't seen him since season three. I will just say this. If it doesn't happen in season 10, because of it being 10 years, mm-hmm. I will riot. <sighs> season 10, make it happen. Make it happen. Please. Because I know what's not happening this season. I'm giving all of hope on that. What if somebody just talks to him over Zoom? I'd even be happy with that. If like That's what I'm saying. If like Kelly or somebody was like, hey everybody, look who dialed in and it's Mills. And then like all the new kids, like Gallo and Violet, are like, who's that? I'm just saying when Kelly and Stella get married, Mills has to be there. Mills even though Mills and Stella have never met. Mills had better freaking be there. Mills has to be there. He has to. He wasn't he, there for Cruz's wedding. He's got to be there for Severide and Stella's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Severide wedding or bust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our little Netflix star. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so. Um, and of course, lastly, I mean, I, I feel like anytime something new comes up in the One Chicago universe, there's always got to be a risk of losing it, like, in the first, like, season or so that it's around so um in the first couple seasons of chicago fire there's always this looming threat of losing the firehouse like i feel like every 10 episodes <laughs> there's a new threat of losing the firehouse one that literally just happened too that's the first half of season two yeah yeah well, so yeah in this situation i mean molly's molly's is pretty new right so of course we've got to have an issue with like oh my god we're gonna lose molly's so herman and otis are dealing with potentially losing it to a bank mm-hmm. because the guy they bought it from didn't actually own it it wasn't his to sell. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Was every episode in the early seasons like this, where you just rewatched and you're like, shit, like 15 important things happened? That's what I'm saying. I mean, maybe, I guess. But, yeah, there was always a lot packed into those pods. I just said pods and I meant episodes. I, I totally knew what you were saying, though. Uh, yeah. It's just been one of those sweets, guys. You know, yeah, it is. So, any other notes on this episode? No, but it's a good one. It is a good one. It it's is a good, good one. one. It's a throwback for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's a good one. And yeah, it is the start of, of Casey's head problems. And it only escalates from there. It gets kind of uncomfortable. And then, I mean, he just kind of finally goes to a doctor and it magically goes away, right? Yeah, that's what somebody was messaging us about that. And I have to go back and look to see for sure how it ends. But I think it just kind of ends. Yeah. It just magically disappears, which a lot of things in the One Chicago universe do, but. Right. But, like, I do need to go back. I want to go back and rewatch and see if they technically say if he, like, recovers. Because remember, at one point, he's, like, bleeding in the ear. Yeah. And then he I just, like, magically is, like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. Yeah. So. Hmm. Anyway. Any other notes on this episode? No, I like we said, I think that's it. So, yeah, it was short and sweet this week. Again, it's a quote-unquote hiatus, I guess. But um, we could briefly touch on promo photos that dropped right before we started recording. Yeah, let's just briefly touch on promo photos. So, I mean, next week, episodes 10, um, the, the biggest description is obviously the one about Disco Bob, which, like, we, we think he's not going to make it because just precedent. Yeah. So... Um, there's a lot of promo photos of Ruzik looking off in the distance in the snow and looking so good while he does it. Um, that, and then... There's nothing, like, too crazy with the fire ones. I mean, you see, it's, like, um, Bowden and, uh, Herman and Severide in Bowden's office, and then them on a call, which I feel like the fire ones are never that revealing for the most part. Bowden, Herman, and Severide? Yeah. Hmm. They're like in Bowden's office looking at something. <laughs> I nice. don't know. Nice. Um, and then the med ones, I've only seen the one you sent me, Brian. I haven't seen the Hold others on. yet. I'm pulling them back up. Give me a second. Brian has sent me one of Natalie and Crockett and Natalie's hair looks exquisite. Yeah, having a wine night on his couch. Oh which my god. I Those two. Appreciate. Oof. Um, it looks like April's outside attending to some guy at a call, at like a construction call. Okay. So, or like doing construction work on, you know, a call. Um, yeah. Otherwise, there's some photos of like Dr. Charles and Natalie together. Um, 
I can't zoom in on this photo to see what Bowden's looking at. Crockett and uh, Doris. But yeah, that's about it. Oh. Just Natalie and that good hair, though. I mean, damn. I know. I know. That's what like that, that that's what I aspire like for my hair to look like, and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yep. Outside April, Crockett and Doris. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. April at a bank or something. That's what I'm saying. I can't tell where she is, but how did she like stumble upon this? I uh, TV magic. <laughs> this is like when I used to watch Royal Pains. I always felt so bad for the main guy played by Mark Feuerstein because he would always come upon a medical emergency. I'm like, can he just live? Can he like go to the grocery store? Like, why does why does somebody always have to like kill over with a major medical emergency when he's around? Yeah. So. Yeah, that is about all we've got. Um, yeah, so as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything, meet us at Molly's at gmail.com. Our inbox is a safe space, safe space. Underline that, highlight it, safe space. Anything. Doesn't have to be one Chicago. Anything. Uh, yeah, so email us anytime. Tea Public is having a sale right now. I think it goes through Sunday, maybe Saturday. But go check that out. We've got a lot of cool designs. Um, one of our listeners, Haley, has been helping with us with those, and she is amazing. She's got skills. Mm-hmm. skills. She really does, though. So. Yeah, so go check that out. Um, if you like the podcast, which we really hope you do, please feel free to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. I almost said Twitter, not Twitter, iTunes. Um, we'd greatly appreciate that. Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV, Bryna. I am at Bryna K13. And normal schedule going forward, as long as there are new episodes of the show, there will be new episodes of the pod. In the meantime, everybody have a good weekend, and we will see you next week. Bye.